a can conversation. I, can I tell you something? Tell me. I think you should wear a tuxedo at least once a month. You think so? I just, you just, it just, it makes me feel like something special is happening. <laughs> but only if Jono wears one? Just yeah, I didn't, I didn't have a tuxedo on, but when Jono did our staff retreat and he was in his little tux, I was like, I just feel special. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief with your friends here at Samuels Church, where Pastor Matt Brown is giving real answers to your tough questions. I'm Stephanie Schaefer here with John O'Nepper and the PMB himself, yes. who's lost in our Easter invite Is there a K in front of your name? There is, like knife or no. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. It's interesting when you study language how certain consonants just, they disappear. H's, K's, it's bizarre. Hmm. Yeah. Is that never what you're thinking about it. this morning? Well, you just said his name and I just thought, I've never looked at your last name. Yeah. 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 It's Nepper with a K. Yeah. Um, one of those special people. Yeah. Well, my, my name has a silent K in the front too. Brown. Oh, you just yeah. don't, you don't Cabrera. hear the K. Mm. Yeah. yeah. My maiden name like, carried like, the real K for all of us. So yeah. Oh, thanks. Going on. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, I chose not to let my K be silent, but to speak up for itself. Yeah. I did a research paper once, um, what my heritage was, mm-hmm. and at the most root level of what it means is the the people that live under the sign. <laughs> That's like the most root level. Yeah. Of what, a I'm guessing your family wasn't wealthy and powerful. No. no. no Who were the people living so. under the sign? The yeah. people that lived under the sign. People noticed a, them. Yeah, least. well, I guess. Yeah. I had a friend of mine, his last name was Marler, and he looked up his name, and so in French and German, it means poop scooper. So that's what his family did. Wow. That's your oh, legacy. That's humbling. Well, hey. Yeah. Someone, but, but think about how convenient that is. Like, you don't ever have to wonder what people do. Like, hey, I, I need I need somebody to fix my door. Who do you call? The doors. Mm. Like, you know, yeah. I need somebody to scoop poop. Who do you call? The poop scoopers. The poop scoopers. Yeah. yeah. What was that? What was that place underneath the sign? Call the, you know, the... <laughs> the the, the, the sign. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that did make it a lot easier. Yeah, see, back then they didn't waste a lot of time. No. They knew what was going. Well, I mean, on. your last name's a color, so we're not we're not far off. Yeah, so brown is the most common because it describes a the color of your skin. So, like a lot of black people's last name is brown, mm-hmm. or the color of your hair or eyes. Hmm. So, and that's why it's such a dominant name in German, French, and um, all of the European languages. Mm-hmm. It just means the browns, the brown heads. I mean, that's literally what it means. Huh. So, which is distinguishable in Europe because there's so many blondes. Sure. You know, there's, you know, brown is a distinct color as, you know, like that wouldn't make a lot of sense in the Mediterranean because most people's, or not the Mediterranean, but the Middle East because most, people, most people's hair is brown. Right. So that wouldn't be distinguishable right. characteristic, but in Northern Europe, oh, the, the brown hairs. Yeah. Hmm. So. The more you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you the have more it. You yeah. Know. I like well, that. Well, that makes for a great episode today, guys. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why brown is such a common name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, our, yeah, Lee, yeah, very commonly. Mm-hmm. Good friends of mine, Lee's, yeah. Yeah, I think about that all the time, like our, how far we've come in the, the craze of coming up with the coolest, newest, most unique yeah. names now. That's, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening I to the show, like the number one, <laughs> the top five girls' names for the year. And one of them, I forget what the name was, but I was like, that's not a good name. It was like, um, oh, I, I don't know. I have to do our research. We'll talk about it on the next show. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. but- it was um, like Olivia still top five, mm. um, but one of the names was like I was like I, I was like I don't think people know what that means. Mm. Uh, so. The first one that pops up on here is Olivia, Emily, Mia, Poppy, and Charlotte. Okay, so Poppy, um, no, no, Posey, 
Posey. Posey is a new name. That's, so that's what it was. Oh, yeah, so a pocket full of posies. Mm-hmm. So that comes from ashes, 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 ashes we, we all fall down, down, which is a song that children sang during the, the, the uh, plague. The plague. Right? Yeah. yeah. Whoops. It's terrible. It's a song about death. And um, man, hmm. can you imagine how incredible those kids were back in those days? It's like children of the corn or something. You know, like they were just like, man, oh, you need me to go to battle? I'm eight. I'll kill you. You know, I mean, yeah. kids were just brutal. <laughs> Singing songs about yeah, death. bodies and death. Yeah. Yeah, well, welcome pretty. to this episode. Yeah, yeah. We're off to a great Cheery. start today, yeah. guys. Per yeah, usual. if you're not discouraged like or depressed, you will be. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, well, we do have something, though, to celebrate what? and get excited about. Easter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Easter, yeah. good yeah, Friday. Jesus a little Easter invite down there. Yeah. We're coming coming along mm-hmm. down the pike. We got, what, a couple weeks? A mm-hmm. couple weeks down the line here. Good Friday. Yeah. Um, excited about yeah. that. Yeah, can I say something real quick? Please oh, do. Yes. Okay, so, so my, people in my small group were making fun of me because I, I say that on the debrief. Can I say something real quick? We're never going to say I no. Know, that's what, I didn't realize that, but they're like, no one's, it's your show. Nobody's yeah. ever going to say no. And I'm like, oh, I think true. I'd get fired if I said no. Please don't well, say that. Well, probably we not the first time couple times, but okay. I think eventually, yeah. How that, many times do you think I could say no? Probably twice. Okay. I think I can handle it twice. Two no's and then, yeah. Okay, We're done. Keep track. That's fair. But here's what I want to say is, look, so many of our listeners, I, I found this out, don't go to Sandals Church. Mm-hmm. And so here's what I want to say to all of our listeners. If you don't invite somebody to Easter service wherever you go, you're sinning. Look, this is the greatest day in the history of the world. Mm. Jesus rose from the dead to save us all. And here's what I would say. Let's say you go to a church and maybe, you know, you love your church, you've grown up there, and there's no way you're bringing a friend. Well, bring them to Sandals this one weekend. Bring them to Sandals and and we'll take care of them. So make sure you bring somebody. Don't come alone. I've invited uh, my neighbors who are Hindu. They're going to come. I've invited uh, the guy who sold me my first car. He's Muslim. He's going to come. People need to hear about Jesus. And the, the empty tomb changes everything for everybody. And so don't miss out on that. And so the recent most recent Gallup poll says 82% of people said, now who knows if they're lying, Always, always ask that. Are people honest on, you know, um, I mean, clearly the last election, people like, weren't honest. honest. When they yeah. said who, they Who are you going to vote I for? Hillary Clinton. Yeah, it'd be easy um, to just say, yeah. no, I don't want this. Or Yeah, for but 82% like of people when surveyed said, if you were invited to church, would you come? And they said, yes. And so what I would say is, think about that. That's that's a lot of people. Even, mm-hmm. if, even if the statistic's a little bit off, Yeah. most people, I think you could say over, the overwhelming majority of people would come. Yeah. So invite somebody to church. Those are good odds. Yeah. yeah, that actually helped me this week. That that statistic that you shared, I thought, you know what? Yeah, eighty two percent. There's a good chance. So we were on a walk in our neighborhood, and this family came walking by, and you know they had a dog, and we started chatting, just easy conversation, and it quickly turned to, oh, what you know, what are you doing for Easter? And and, and I invited them, and they were super receptive. Yeah. With that. Oh yeah! Wow, really? You'd you'd want to invite me to your thing? It was so cool. Think yeah, about so how easy. socially disconnected people are nowadays. Oh yeah, like people don't know mm. anybody. That's so true. They they literally yeah. get up in the morning, they watch TV, or they they get on uh, some kind of podcast. They get their coffee. Mm. They don't even like. So think about how Starbucks started, right? A third space. People don't even go in anymore. Now it's drive-throughs. Like so we're not true. even connecting there. Sitting, then they yeah. get in the car and they're trapped in the car forever. Then they go to work and they probably don't like a lot of people at work. And then they go home. Mm. And 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 now nobody knows anybody. And I was actually um, just I'm fascinated by uh, Alzheimer's and dementia mm-hmm. um, because a lot of it runs in my family. And one of the things that says that causes, one of the leading causes, or not causes, but correlations, I guess, because they're not sure what causes, but there's a correlation not only between genetics um, and 
diet, lack of exercise, but community and purpose. Hmm. So our old people are retiring and they're going on cruises and they're playing golf. They have no purpose and they have no community. Yeah. Hmm. And so you are far more likely to develop Alzheimer's dementia if you don't have a significant purpose in your life and connect. And I was actually thinking we got to start doing stuff for our seniors um, at Sandals Church because we got a lot of them to get them involved and get them connected because you have wisdom, you have experience oh, yeah. and God's not Absolutely. done with you until you're dead. So, Absolutely. you know, so, so charge hard till the end, but people are, people don't know anybody. They don't have any family. They don't, a lot of people don't even have family anymore. Mm -hmm. They're completely mm -hmm. alone. And so it's like, Hey, we, you know, we want to invite you to this and, and your small group become your family. Like we were in small group last night. My small group said that I always make fun of them. So I'm going to throw out a positive shout. <laughs> last night in the middle of small group, I said, this is our best group ever. And it was brutal. Like we were going at each other. That's we were challenging each other. Like, I mean, it was, it was brutal, mm -hmm. but we love each other so much, you know, and we have two eights in our group and you can challenge an eight, man. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, dude, you're whatever. But it was so great because we're real. Like we're, we're like probably too real and it's just heavy and we are just laughing. And I think in most small groups I've been, that would have turned into a major fight. Nobody would ever came back and everybody's hugging each other and laughing. And it was, it was like a mm. football game, man. We lined up in the opposite that's sides, cool. collided <laughs> in the middle. Like people are saying, oh, my idol is, I'm like, that's not your idol. Here's your idol. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're just like slinging it at each other. And uh, it got real and everybody, mm. you start, when you start talking about what you really worship, that's mm -hmm. vulnerable, man. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that was a great question last oh, night. Oh, I shared some things that I, even my wife was like, oh my gosh, you know, you need Jesus. I'm like, I've been telling you for 21 years. <laughs> From that, <laughs> why yeah. do you think I started a church? Yeah. From that conversation, I, I the, the last question in that, what are we going to do? What are you going to do this week? Yeah. And I, I felt so convicted and challenged. You know, the screen reports of, uh, mm -hmm. you, you know, this He's is right. how much screen time. Oh. Da, 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 so I've been so appreciative of that because it, it oh, doesn't let yeah. anything slide, man. Mm -hmm. Like, oh man, yeah, I, that is a lot more screen time. Mm -hmm. I went through and I had to delete a bunch of apps. I'm like, ah, waste yeah. of time, waste of time, waste of time. Boom, mm -hmm. boom, boom. Just delete it. Like, how much time am I giving? I had to man, delete all good... video games on my phone. Mm. Mm -hmm. None. I have none. Yeah. So I'm looking at my phone for information, yeah. the news or work, and that's it. And I'm putting it down right? because I just feel like Tammy and I's, um, I'm using this word literally, nobody get offended. I feel <laughs> like our relational life has become retarded. Mm. So mm. I'm not using that in the demeaning sense. It's actually a real word with meaning mm. uh, and it means doesn't work right. And that's, mm. that's what I feel like technology has done to our relationship is we've mm. become retarded. And we, we just really have to figure out how to connect. Mm. Um, and I'm sensing that with my kids, uh, my parents, you know, we don't know how to sit down and talk and relate and connect anymore yeah. because we're so distracted by oh, stupid yeah. stuff. And, and it's I, an idol and it is. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and to call it what it is, is so huge. Cause mm -hmm. then you're like, Ooh, that's ugly. I don't yeah. want yeah. that in my life. Well, and the truth is, man, you know, I, I called my daughter, one of my kids is having a tough time. I just said, hey, can we grab coffee? Mm. And we just did. And we just sat there and we, we talked for an hour. Mm. It's just about what's going on and how can I help you? And, and mm. just sharing with her, hey, here's some areas where I can help you. But, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing when your kids are entering into a world and a realm and, and a, an expertise that I can't help in. Mm -hmm. And I've been really careful to say, look, you know more about me than these things. You're, you're becoming a professional. So let me guide you with how to handle some things that come with every profession. But let me point you in a direction of people that I think are experts. Mm -hmm. And 
I just think you really got to embrace that as, as kids and it empowers as a parent and it empowers kids to feel like, okay, I'm, I'm growing up. And, you know, even this morning I've gotten real convicted. Like we're going to start having coffee with my son on Friday mornings. My dad did it with me and it was great. It's the best. We didn't do coffee. We did McDonald's, um, <laughs> but we're going to start doing that. And this morning we had a kind of a tough talk on, on the car. Cause I'm frustrated with some things that he's frustrated with me on. And I just turned to him. I said, look, I'm going to pray about your request. I don't mm. agree with it. I don't like it, but I'm going to pray about it. Mm. And I, it was just bizarre. Like I, I could see him kind of step back and he's like, oh, okay. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm going, I'm going to go with you on this. And so, you know, I got to process it with Tammy and, and then go sure. back and talk to him. But he and I need to be connecting, not just about, even our life is connecting about, you know, homework, basketball, school, church. Like it's, it's really a calendar relationship. Mm -hmm. And so we have to say, okay, how are we going to connect? Because my time with him is limited. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so um, we just need to connect and, you Setting know. up that special time. That's cool. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's really, really cool. cool. And it's been good. You know, like last night, uh, you know, Tammy fell asleep in my arms. I was playing with her hair and she fell asleep. When then my arm fell asleep, which is always weird, but, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it's just like, just that time mm. of like conversation and connection. Mm. And, um, it's, it's just literally like try, just trying to figure out time for each other. And, you know, all this technology and stuff is just getting in the way. It is. Yeah, so, it is. And that, and it's an idol. Yeah. Um, and being able to call it, call it out as that. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I love that this weekend you talked about, um, what we give our, what were the three things? What you give our time to, what we give our th our thoughts to, what dominates our thoughts, right. and then our money, mm -hmm. our finances. That really oh, opened yeah. up some doors for our community group last night. That was good. Mm. Yeah, it's really good. Well, and when you look at Exodus 32, I mean, their free time was their, like, think about it. There are people who never had free time. Mm. Their whole life has been dictated to them by Pharaoh. Now they got a couple hours and they're like, oh, what are we gonna do? Mm. I don't know, let's worship a calf and have a big orgy. <laughs> mm. Man, <laughs> that is yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was so interesting. I was thinking about that with Aaron, yeah. how at the beginning, you know, Moses is being called to this huge task right. and is terrified. And mm -hmm. so asks God, I'm not the right one, you know, my speech or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then gets Aaron to be sort of his mouthpiece right. for that. I've never thought about that before. Or I, I don't even know where I land on that with the connections of this. He asks God for this thing. And then later on, Aaron's kind of this like, this piece, would that have happened anyway? Maybe, I don't yeah. know, I don't know. It's There's a significant drop between number one and number two in the people of Israel. Yeah. And that's why, you know, whenever we are electing leaders or whatever, so much of it really is just a popularity contest, which drives mm. me crazy. You mm. know, um, the number one critique I hear about Trump is they don't like him. He's not, he's not warm and fuzzy. So, okay, but that, that can't be the only quality. And so right. Moses, and I'm not correlating Trump to Moses at all, but Moses had some personal issues, Yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean, he smashed the 10 commandments. I mean, the guy got a little ticked, but he was the best leader. And so um, that's what I'm so worried about. Our country is just, it's a popularity contest. It's like prom king and queen. It's just like, yeah. oh Lord, you know, I like him. I'm like, well, who cares? Yeah. Or her or mm. uh, what, just can we pick somebody with substance? And so um, it's crazy. The guy that I supported in uh, 2016, couldn't generate one percent. Wow! Couldn't. Yeah, that's my. That's yeah, I, I liked his ideas. Yeah, he could not raise five bucks because <laughs> he's not yeah. likable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I but I think he's principled. He's got great ideas. He's in government now, and yeah, could not get one percent. 
Oh, That's man. my guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I um, as we talk about this and we get into this idea of idols and what takes up our time and everything, and we talk about coming to Easter and getting excited about what God's doing, uh, and you yeah. know, I'm I'm pumped, man, and how this series is pointing right towards Easter and getting mm-hmm. people um, excited about coming. Invite your friends. Think about who you can bring. Good Friday. Yeah. is a cool thing how that's in in homes and groups this mm-hmm. this year yeah. again i'm really stoked stoked about that yeah i'm going to be teaching on uh, the four cups of passover so mm-hmm. some of you have no idea what jewish passover looks like and we're going to talk about the four cups of wine mm-hmm. that are served and how god's will has always been the same mm-hmm. it's not changed at all and you're actually going to see how jesus fulfills each one of those cups and it's it's a beautiful thing and so uh, I think it's a great thing to invite your friends and, and to come learn about Jewish history, to learn about the last meal that Jesus ever ate mm-hmm. before he died on the cross and what that means for us. And um, mm, it's really, really powerful when you think about, you know, I, I will not drink this cup again until I come into my kingdom. And we'll talk about that last cup. So yeah. it's going to be super exciting. So awesome. Yeah. So if you guys want to be a part of Good Friday, we're actually doing Good Friday in homes this year. So if you're yes. in a small group, you'll get mm-hmm. to do that with your small group. If you're not in a group yet, you can actually do that at home. Invite some friends, invite Wherever some family over. Yeah. Watch it from home with friends. It's all going to be at moved.sc slash Good Friday. And you'll see links for that popping up everywhere pretty soon. But we want to make sure that everyone has a chance to participate in that. But it's all happening at home rather than. Yeah. And if you're wondering why, stuff. you're like, why well, really like a Good Friday service? Well, when we did Good Friday service, maybe we would get total three, 4,000 people to go. Last year, when we did it in homes, we got 10,000. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you just reach so many more people oh, yeah. uh, through home. And it's such a cool experience. Yeah. I was a little like, oh, how's this going to work last year? And yeah. then, man, it's, it's really cool because cool. people you know and it's intimate and you yeah. can really reflect on what, what yeah. the day is about. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. That's awesome. It's gonna be awesome. Sweet. Gosh, we haven't got to one I question. Well, no, it's okay. This, ta- yeah. this, this actually Speed round. ties right in. Lisa <laughs> says this. She says, my husband doesn't want to go to church because he believes he can have Jesus as your Lord without going. My grandma also doesn't go to church because she doesn't want her non-believing husband to get grumpy about her being away. What's the right thing to do in this situation? This is what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, the right thing to do is to follow Jesus. And so the problem, the problem today in our next series. So we're doing this series, 10 Reasons Everybody Needs God. We have mm-hmm. Easter, then uh, Claude's doing a great series. I, welcome home. Welcome home. Yeah. And then after that, our series is called Confused. And one yeah. of the things we're going to deal with is uh, the problem today is we see the early church, when nobody assumed they knew anything about being a Christian. And so they assumed that when you accepted Christ in your heart, you just did what you were asked to do. Nowadays, we have this we have multiple categories of people who call themselves Christians and it's mm-hmm. all bizarre and it's all weird. Mm-hmm. And really we live in a world now where everybody makes up their own rules mm-hmm. and and they just get to decide. And, and so it's actually a study in the book of Galatians where Paul is reminding them, no, you don't get to pick your, your way that you follow Jesus. Yeah. You know, it's it's not a, um, what do you call that when you go to a restaurant and it's a smorgasbord? Buffet. A buffet. It's not a buffet. You, you accept all of who Jesus is or not. So to say that you can worship Jesus on your own negates like 50 passages of scripture, 50 that say one another, mm-hmm. one another, one another, which let me translate that means not yourself. Mm. And so it's not all about you. If it's all about you, it's not anything about Jesus. That's just mm-hmm. the reality. And we all struggle with that. We all struggle with selfishness and God began to move the the biggest in my life when I said, okay, not me, you. Mm. And I'm gonna start trusting you and I'm gonna start following you. And, and here's the thing is there's just such a collective ignorance. That's the thing that's amazing about the time we live in. There's so much information mm. and so much yeah. ignorance. Mm. Nobody knows anything and everything is available. Like 
couple hundred years ago, like 200 years ago, the most valuable thing you owned was probably a book, probably a Bible in your home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now all this information and we're just literally into Netflix and nachos and we know nothing. It's like, entertain me, entertain me. And we're becoming so collectively ignorant. So no, you cannot follow Jesus because he says, if you love me, he says, love them. Literally, they're, they're, the gospel, not the gospel of John, the first letter of John says, one commandment I give you, l- believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and love one another. He doesn't even divide the one commandment into two. He says, this is one commandment, and then he gives two. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and love one another. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, there you go. It's, it's, it's so intricately combined. And I, I, can't, I can't say that I believe in my family, but I don't love them. And so part of what you need to understand, and so the week after Easter, we're having baptism. Baptism is literally a marriage ceremony to Jesus and his church. It's a coming out party. It's saying, I love Jesus. I'm submitting my life to Jesus. And part of submitting your life to Jesus is loving and serving his family. Mm-hmm. So think about it. Like if somebody lo- says they love me, I love you, Pastor Matt, but they neglect my family. They don't care about my family. Mm-hmm. They say, we don't need your family. Do they really love me? Yeah. If you love me, you love the things that are important to me. Yeah. If you love Jesus, you love the things that are important to Jesus. And what's important to him is his church. So here's a, mm-hmm. just a great verse. Hebrews 10, 24. Let us not forsake the gathering of believers as some are in the habit of doing, but let us come together all the more as the day of the Lord approaches. That's Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, Matt Brown translation. So it's a little loose, Uh, but that's, that's the verse. Let us not forsake the gathering of believers as some people do. Mm -hmm. So it literally says, look, there are people who say I can follow Jesus, but I don't need to gather. Let's not do that. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you know, I mean, Hebrews is all about everything that Jesus has done, and Hebrews 11 is all about the faithful. It's just it's just so important that we understand, look, one of the things that we do as Christians, the Sabbath is literally for God, for worship, and for gathering with His people. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. We gather together and we listen to the spoken word of God. Even Jesus did that. He went to synagogue on Sabbath. Mm-hmm. He did. And, and we need to do that. And so uh, as for the grandma who says, my husband gets grumpy, what I need, to, what I would say is you got you to gotta be the best wife you can be for six days. And you tell them, you say, look, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to church on Sunday mornings and, and, I, and I'm going to go because I care about my soul. And I, it said grandpa, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's what I would say. Look, we're getting old. Mm-hmm. We're going to be gone soon. And I've got to, I've loved you my whole life, but I got to get ready for eternal life. Mm-hmm. I love you, sweetheart. You've been the love of my life. You've made your choice. Mm. I, I, I've got to choose God because I have to steward my soul right. because my time with you is running out. That's just the reality. That's mm. a hard conversation, but it's a real conversation. So I'm going to be loving. I'm going to be there for you. Mm. And um, you know, here's what I would say to every wife that husband doesn't go to the church. Man, there, there are a couple of things that historically the church has decided are things that you should do on the Lord's day. One is you know, serve the Lord. One is worship the Lord. Another is rest and another is lovemaking. Man, you want you want to convert your non-Christian spouse, go to church, get fired up and have the best sex of your married life, man. I'm not kidding you <laughs> because that's something that glorifies yeah. God and give yourself wholeheartedly. Yeah. And this is what I would say. If I was a woman, I would say, I'm going to give myself completely to God and God has commanded me to give myself completely to you. And we're going to enjoy each other. And life is hard. Life mm-hmm. is short. And we're we're gonna we're gonna make love on Sundays, and that's literally. I mean, both Jewish and Christians, when they talk about things that can be done on the Lord's Day, 
And so it's so funny. We're all like squeamish and we don't want to talk about that. Like when I was a kid, my parents used to make us take naps on Sundays. I was like, well, I don't think they were napping in their room. You know, I mean, maybe afterwards, but they were they were connecting and, and probably making love and which great. Mm-hmm. Great. And so you stay in your room and don't come out. So yeah. no, I think that's, that's good. important. Yeah. That's good. Nick. But just know they're wrong. I mean, Christians, yeah. people who claim to be Christians say a lot of stupid things. Mm-hmm. And it, it just because a lot of people say it doesn't mean it's right. Mm-hmm. Go to the word of God. Literally, the Apostle Paul, there's this passage in Acts where he goes to the river to see. He doesn't even know if there's a church service there. He's heard to see if mm. there are believers that are gathered. Mm. That's how important it is. We all need each other. And we're commanded to love each other. We're commanded to serve each other. We're commanded to pray with each other. We're commanded to speak to each other. And we're commanded to read. Somebody needs to preach the word of God and speak the word of God. And we don't do that on our own. Mm-hmm. We do that together. And again, that's what I was saying. Small group was awesome last night as they're debating and talking about the sermon I preached and I'm getting stuff out of them. I'm like, wow, mm. I didn't, I, I didn't get that out of You know, my sermon. Hmm. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That is cool. And like you said, God's word being our, our foundation in all yeah. of that. Cause mm-hmm. if it's not, then it's whoever has the loudest voice or the, the strongest opinion, or we don't want to offend, mm-hmm. but that's, that's the same. And, and you guys heard the story I shared of the young man we just hired who was invited mm-hmm. to church, to oh, church yeah. as a 10 year old boy. Yes. And now he just got graduated college and got hired. The church changes lives. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It created a secondary family for yep. him. It created a spiritual track. So think about it. the church doesn't charge. Right. We educate for free. We love you. We care for you. We're vol- like, think about what the church is. The church is the greatest organization when healthy on earth. And when it's not, it's evil. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's either going to serve Christ or the devil. And so sandals mm-hmm. by the grace of God, we've been able to serve Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Yeah. So love you guys. Hope that wasn't too harsh, but no. they're both wrong. <laughs> so Barbara Roden, um, I love this. We actually talked some about our Jehovah's I love that Witness name. friends. Barbara. Was, Barbara. 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 Um, so yep. she said she was raised Jehovah's Witness. Um, and she said she had been so indoctrinated in those beliefs that part of her believed, but part of her wasn't sure. She says, I eventually reached a point where I decided I'm not going to be a part of any organized religion mm. and I'll have my own personal relationship with God and be happy with that. She says, well, that's ended up changing thanks to my 12-year-old nephew who got me going to Sandals. Isn't that cool? I that's know. That's another 12-year-old. Yeah. Our little evangelist. That's, I love it. I love it. Uh, she says, I love it and I feel God's presence here. I truly feel like I was blind and now I see. But there are some things I still don't understand. I don't understand the Trinity. How are they the same? I was taught that um, they are three separate individuals, the Father, God, Jehovah, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, who is their active force. And that makes sense to me. She says, and also, should I not be saying Jehovah or Yahweh? I feel like I may be angering God by saying it wrong or if it's too sacred to say. Do I have to retrain myself? Yes, you totally have to retrain yourselves. Uh, Jehovah Witnesses are good people, most of them. They're in a cult. They're in a cult. The Watchtower Society is an organization in New York City. Literally, if you go to New York City, I think it's actually in Brooklyn. It's right across yeah. the, the Hudson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see the building and it's a publication network. It was, it was founded by a guy who was a fraud who ran around in the 19th century telling people he could read Hebrew and Greek, he was actually taken to court by a Baptist minister yeah. and proven slanderous. He could not he read. Translate he couldn't translate even a yeah. letter. Yep. So the guy, it started with a fraud. Now Jehovah Witnesses have tried to distance themselves from him, but the bottom line is, that's where it They're started. Roots. Yeah. And so they do not use scholars used by anybody else. It's an in-house mm-hmm. department. They're not mentioned. We we don't get to talk to these scholars. Every other Bible translation has people from multiple denominations who've mm-hmm. studied Greek, Hebrew. They work together. They build off other manuscripts. They acknowledge other manuscripts. Jehovah Witnesses do not. 
So they've had to create their own Bible with their own words and they've translated it to produce their own theology and it's terrible. So yes, you you just have to understand you were in a cult and there are things that are just wrong. I grew up Southern Baptist. I think Southern Baptists are Christians. There are things about Southern Baptists that are cult-like. They just Mm -hmm. are. They're weird. They're bizarre. And that's the thing is you don't know it until you get out of it. You're like, oh, okay. I don't need to be this unhealthy in in this area. And so, um, and and so I think Southern Baptists are right theologically, but they're really, really off in some practical ways. And just, just, they they say they want to reach people. They just don't typically, Mm -hmm. at least not in California, other areas, maybe they do. So here's the thing is you, you, you said, and again, I'm going off what you've been taught. I'm assuming that you're relating to me what you've been taught. I didn't grow up in Jehovah's Witness. So you said three things that I've heard that God the Father, uh, God the Son, well, she's not saying, I'm saying that. That's yeah. my training. Well, she says the Father, God, Jehovah, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, who is their active force. Well, let's Trying just, let's, understand the yeah, let's just yeah. start with Jehovah. So the name Jehovah Witnesses, Jehovah Witnesses used to teach you that they have the one true name of God, that you have to say Jehovah because it is His true name. They now know they're wrong. Mm. That's why she said Jehovah and or Yahweh. So you just have to go there. They were running around telling people the wrong name of God for like a hundred years and they wouldn't admit it. But now they have to admit it because so many people knocking on doors have been told it's not Jehovah and it's not Yahweh. We don't know what it is. It's Y-W-H. We have no idea. They put no vowels in the name. We have no idea how to pronounce it. We don't know what to say. And and the Jews so reverence God, they refused to even say the name. Mm-hmm. because it was so powerful and we need to revere his name and we don't know exactly how to say it. So so just know that. So to say the Trinity, so here, here's the challenge. The, Christ, the Christians believe in one God and one God only. The problem is when you read scripture, we, we, we pray and revere God, the one true God, but mm-hmm. we also pray and revere Jesus Christ. We also pray and revere the Holy Spirit. And so you start, as you read through scripture, it really, really becomes difficult because nowhere does it say we believe in many gods, and yet we revere these three persons as God. And so mm. that's where the word Trinity, which means tri-unity, and what it means is one God who exists in three distinct persons. Another place where Jehovah Witnesses are off is they actually don't believe in three distinct. They believe in God the Father, and then they believe His Son, who's a lesser God. Mm -hmm. That's actually what they believe. But they believe that the Holy Spirit is an impersonal force, literally like electricity. Mm. Nowhere in the Bible is the Holy Spirit referred to as it. Right. It is always referred to with a personal pronoun, him, he, because he's a person. You don't grieve electricity. You can mm-hmm. grieve a person. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Apostle Paul says. You have grieved the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit speaks on his own. So electricity doesn't speak a message. It can carry a message. The Holy Spirit actually speaks. The Holy Spirit empowers. Um, the Holy Spirit is active in creation. Right. So God the Father is active in creation. The Holy Spirit in Genesis 1, hovering above the earth, active. Colossians 1, everything has been created by him, for him, and through him. And so um, I actually think the deity of God the Father is easy. The deity of the Holy Spirit is, is easy because the Holy Spirit is always referenced to as God. The question then becomes Jesus because he's both God and man. And what you really need to do, Barbara, is just read through the scriptures. Yeah. So there's some great, great places. I can just run through these really quickly for you. Um, Hebrews chapter one is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Who is Jesus? Um, literally his own words. Think about this, uh, Sandals was founded on um, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Mm-hmm. That's a minor prophet. I believe it's Amos. 
Uh, I could be wrong. Let's put that in the footnotes. Whoever calls mm. upon the name of the Lord will be saved. What Lord are they talking about? It's Yahweh. Mm. Okay, so then look, th- then look at what Paul does. How can they believe in him whom they've not heard? How mm. can they hear about him unless someone preaches? Yeah. How can someone preach unless they're sent? As you've heard it read in the scriptures, blessed are the feet that bring good news. Who is he talking about? What name are we calling on? Mm. The name of Jesus. Yeah. He, Paul, right there, and you'll see this over and over and over again, to call on the name of Jesus is to call on the name of Yahweh. They're not the same. Yahweh didn't die on the cross. Jesus did. And so we, we, we get into this thing of, look, this is who God is. And so if, if that totally confuses you, just take this one idea that John says, God is love. How can you be loving if you exist in a singular existence and you're alone? Mm-hmm. You can be needy. You can be lonely, but you can't be love. God has existed eternally in an eternal relationship of love, of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so that's why Sandals says, we believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit who have existed eternally as co-equals and are Mm co-eternal. There has never been a time, John 1, 1 says, there has never been a time when Jesus didn't exist. And so we have to take a step back. So when you look at the Gospel of John, Jesus is called the Logos. We have to take a step back. Well, why would they use that word? It's actually a Greek philosophical word. And so Aristotle talks about the unmoved mover. So who is behind, sorry, we're getting, uh, this is philosophy 101. (laughs) Aristotle talks about who created all of this stuff. Who's behind all this stuff that we see? He calls it the unmoved mover. Eventually, the Greeks would settle on this word for the unmoved mover. That which is behind everything and starts everything is the Logos. And that's the word that they use. So we get our word logic from it. So divine reason, the divine mind, the divine force that's behind everything that is very personal and very active in the creation of things. So John, when he writes this gospel to describe who Jesus is, he says, in the beginning was the word, the logos. And the logos was with God and the logos was God. Not a God. No. God. Yeah, God. That's the translation piece. Yeah. yeah. So so Jehovah Witnesses throw in the letter A there mm-hmm. in order to make him lesser, which completely divorces itself from the sentence. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Right. And he talks about, we have seen his glory, the presence of the one, the truth only. And and just, just read through that. And every time Jesus is going to get stoned, and I don't mean smoke a joint, I mean killed with rocks, it's because he claims to be God. Right. And they and the Jews know exactly what he's saying. Before because Abraham was, it, I for, for example, yeah. if, if my son came and talked at Sandals Church and he said, my dad is Pastor Matt, nobody would assume anything except the fact that he's a human being. Mm-hmm. Nobody would think he's a lesser human being. Nobody would think he is a subhuman being. Mm-hmm. By claiming to be the son of Matt Brown, he is claiming to be 100% human. When God shows us his son, he's doing that not because, you know, God exists in any kind of father, son, eternal relationship. God is God. And we're going to discover that when we go to heaven, he's communicating to us for God to have a son. It means he can't be anything but God. Mm-hmm. And, and so you, you like, no, no. So that's where Jehovah witnesses go off the deep end with reason and logic. It's like, well, what would he be? Mm-hmm. You know, he's very, very clear about angels. Angels are created beings. But Colossians 1 says he's different. Hebrews says he's greater than Moses, greater than angels. Um, and so there, there's just there's just things, and there, there's little subtle things uh, in the Bible 
where Jesus will actually be referred to specifically as our great God and savior. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've studied Greek. There's no way to get around that. And Jehovah Witnesses are good people, but they're just trusting that the translation that they have is accurate. And the problem is nobody else uses their translation. Yeah, There's no Christian organization in the world that uses yeah. that except them. Yeah, That's a problem. Yeah, no, I like what you said about the, you can't go wrong with spending time getting into the word and yeah. retraining some of those things that maybe didn't even realize. Yeah, and I would say, there. Barbara, don't trust me, just trust the word of God. Exactly, yeah. And if you can't read there. Greek, that's fine. Go get multiple translations. Uh-huh. Go get a Catholic Bible. Go go get a, you know, uh, uh, ESV, which would be like a Presbyterian yeah. uh, Bible. Get more and, and start to look at it and you're going to see, look, mm-hmm. there's some flexibility in that, but they're all really much, the, they're pretty much the same. Right. So... Oh, that's good. Yeah, and that really plays into the the next question that Grace has, because you, you talked a lot about what, what we're spending our time with and right. that, how that's an idol, and especially what we think about, what dominates right. our thoughts. So Grace writes in, she says, in this week's sermon, you mentioned that we can tell what we idolize, but what occupies our thoughts. I find myself constantly being concerned about what others think of me. I know that my identity is rooted in God and not in the opinions of others, but how can I, as someone who struggles with idolizing the validation of others, move towards a healthier view of the part of God and others playing my identity? Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like she's a heavy, heavy three gifting on the Enneagram. And so that means you're in the, in the, uh, heart triad, which means your core sin or struggle is shame. Mm. So we feel like we're never good enough. And so we're, the hope is that if I worship validation, one day I'm going to feel validated. And and the truth mm. is, as long as you worship the opinions of other people, you're always going to feel like you fall short. Yeah. It's only in God that our value mm. is truly seen and yeah. we need to trust God in that. And so really what you got to do is you got to repent of that over and over again. I have to do it all the time. It's my struggle and I have to say, God, my validation and who I am, my purpose, my meaning, my value all comes from you. Mm-hmm. And I care about you, I love you and I trust you. I think you're on the right track because you understand it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being able to just confess and admit that yeah. that's an idol for you is huge. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's the thing about idols is they're really easy to worship and it's really easy to get wrapped up into that. The problem is it will make you miserable. It will mm-hmm. never be enough. I mean, take it from a fellow three mm-hmm. who feels like, you know, I'm 47, I feel like a total failure. And it's like, people are like looking at me like I'm crazy. Well, I am because I'm an unhealthy three <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and I've got to continue to trust God in this process. And so I would just say, it's a lifelong process. You need to get in community group with people that you can be real with about this and they need to, you need to give them permission every single week to hold you accountable in this area. Mm-hmm. And if they see you trying to please people, and that's the problem, if this is your issue, is you become, you know, you're a chameleon, you become whatever you need to be in order to please people. And the problem is then you're never you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is that is just not- It's lonely. It's yeah. Sad. yeah. Mm, yeah, so well, even good. like what we were talking about at the beginning of the show of like the idol of like our technology and phones and you get social media worked in there and you have this opportunity to present yourself to the world in whatever way you want to be seen as. Yeah. Like I even wonder, like I, I find myself doing that all the time. Like, well, what version of my, like what version of myself do I want to put out here? What do I want people to think of me, you know, with what I'm posting and what right. I'm doing? So even, I feel like even that idol then can compound the idol of people's opinion. It's just interesting. That yeah. They all just start to pile on top mm. of each other like that. Mm, that's good. Yeah. 
Awesome. That was yeah. a short, that's like my yeah, shortest wow. answer ever. That's great. Go. That's good. Uh, so Anonymous wrote in, um, didn't give a lot of details here, so we'll see how we can do with it, but want to know, how do I confront my spouse's idols that are inhibiting my family's health? Well, I mean, I don't know, because that's just that's yeah. just not enough detail for mm. me to give an answer, right? So I have to start with either you're accurately viewing the situation mm. or you're just irritated with your spouse over something they do. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, don't, I have no idea. You, I need, you're gonna give, need to give me way more detail. And I understand why you don't want to, because I hear this all the time. People will write in, they give too much detail and then they get negative blowback sure. uh, by people who don't celebrate in people being real, but actually celebrate in gossip and slander. Right. So let's, we'll just tweak this question. Yeah. How do we go about confronting when we notice that someone else has an idol in their life that we can mm. see negatively impacting? Yeah, I would just say family. it's in love, but I think that, that the healthiest way for Tammy and I to talk about these issues is in group, where we're surrounded with other people mm. who are committed to the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that was part of the intensity last night in our group was we had spouses disagreeing with one another and their idols. You know, we had a spouse say, well, this was my idol, but I've gotten really good at this. And their partner's like, that, ah, no, not, not happening. <laughs> That's not true. Yeah. And um, uh -huh. so, right, which then leads to a discussion. And, and the truth is, right, the way we perceive, our, perceive ourselves, even with effort, oftentimes we're just not nearly as healthy as we, as we think we are. And so we have to invite other people into the process. So what I would say is, instead of using the term idols, I would I would be more gentle and say, I feel like these things are outweighing other things. So mm. we're turning to this. And, and just so you know, we all pursue idols. I made so many mistakes when we were younger. I screwed up my life so bad, you know, buying fancy cars. And by I say fancy cars, I just mean like really nice Toyotas, but I had no business <laughs> driving that kind of stuff. I mean, I just, mm. I just didn't make enough money at Sandals Church and I, I didn't have wisdom, but I worship my image. And so I need to drive this car so that I people think I'm at this. And I wasn't at that level. I wasn't making that much money at Sandals Church. And I just had to let that go. And I needed people to invest in my life and 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 help me. And I just, I just didn't have those people or I wasn't mm -hmm. open to those people. I'm not sure, but I made a lot of mistakes. And I would say this, most young men worship the wrong things. Hmm. They just do. Most young women worship the wrong mm -hmm. things. And that's why this is the second commandment. We create images, we worship them, and then we're miserable because it never pans out. It never works out. It's yeah. it's going to destroy you. Um, and I don't care what it is. If it's not God, it doesn't end up well. Mm. It just literally, you know, I mean, think about what happened to all those people's wealth. So they gave all their gold earrings that God gave them they're required of Aaron. Moses grinds them up and to, into a powder and makes them drink it. And then they poop it out. Yeah, that's pretty, What just happened? It's pretty graphic. Like, there goes yeah. your retirement, your 401 okay. Yeah. You know, we just we just burned it and you you ate it and pooped it. I mean, it's, it's like literally such a picture of what happens when mm. we worship the wrong things and we get wrapped up in a boat or an RV or a car or a, mm. a quad or a motorcycle. Um, or even your kid, yeah. which that's what this next one is. It yeah. says, what's the difference between loving your children and idolizing them? I think there's this, oh, don't, you know, a car or a boat, that's mm -hmm. terrible, but yeah. they're my kids. Yeah, They're my kids. Yeah. What, do, what would you say yeah. to that? And, and just so you know, I don't think I've gotten this right. I, I think that I, I was telling Tammy, you know, when I was a kid, the highlight of my week would have been going out to dinner for a fast food meal. Like mm -hmm. I would have flipped my lid if we could go to McDonald's. Oh, <laughs> it would have been the greatest no way. meal of my life. Yeah. 
my kids are so discouraged and disappointed, you know, like what, what I call the special event, they call Tuesday or Thursday, mm-hmm. and they just live in a different world. Mm-hmm. And I, me wanting to give them the things that I didn't have, I think is so unhealthy. And, and really what that is, is it's us worshiping stuff rather than God. And what I need to give them is not the, f- the physical things that I didn't have, but I need to give them the spiritual investment and the em- emotional investment that I didn't have. And, and here's what happens is we put our kids above our own needs, our own wants and our own desires, because it's, it's covering a wound that we haven't dealt with. And so again, we talked about Spock who wrote the book in the 1940s and really changed the trajectory of Western civilization, specifically in America, where he said, we need to work on um, self, what was it? Um, oh, self-esteem. Self-esteem yeah. versus right. self-control. So what God wants to help you with is self-control mm-hmm. because you are the problem. And if you just follow your desires, your natural flesh, you're going to destroy your life. So what you have to have is self-control. So the fruit of the spirit, right, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. self-control. So that's the spirit that's in you. And we have to raise our kids to have self-control because you'll, they'll destroy their lives. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm constantly trying to manage with my son. I'm like, you need to do what you have to do so you can do some things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. But in our, our society, man, the world has just robbed you. If you don't get to constantly just live in this this eternal bliss and go on vacation and drink margaritas and smoke weed. And, um, you know, when I was a kid, one of my favorite songs was Lookout Weekends, Here I Come. I think it was by Debbie Deb. Nobody knows who that is anymore. But now it's like, forget the week. Forget mm-hmm. weekends. We're just going to party Monday through time. Sunday. Yeah, and, and it's destroying yeah. our culture because yeah. nobody wants to work hard anymore. And so literally what you have to do is you have to put your kids above or excuse me, you have to put your, you have to put God above your kids. You have to put God, kids below your marriage. Mm-hmm. Bec- it's, so my kids are moving out and it's just me and Tammy looking at each other. Mm-hmm. And I, I think she struggled with it more than me, but now she's like, yeah, they're gone. I'm with you. She's like, I'm with you. They're crazy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How can yeah. you start to maybe notice when you see yourself? Cause I'm sure most parents don't set out to like, oh, I'm going to idolize my kid and make sure they have I'm this. I'm going to worship them. Yeah. Great life. Yeah. But like how, where do you think this switch starts to happen with, oh, I just, I love my kid. I want to make sure they have what they need. And, and some of parenting is putting your needs aside. And Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I think kids do need things. It's when we give them what they want. So I just mm-hmm. had to have a conversation with uh, one of my kids and I said, look, I'm not going to pay for that. And you don't have the money. And so that's hard for a lot of parents to say, but that's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just said, look, man, you're in your twenties. You, you've got to figure this thing out because, and that's, fundamentally from the top down, America's $22 trillion in debt. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares. What are we talking about? We're talking about all these new services we're going to dole out for people. It's like, guys, not only is there no money in the bank, there's a big IOU that says 22 trillion. Did I say billion? It's 22 trillion, trillion yeah. dollars. Nobody, nobody even talks about that anymore. Mm. Like we're talking, we're in our society, we're talking about uh, Medicare for all. I don't know if you guys know this. Social security goes bankrupt in 2034. Mm-hmm. So how many years is that? There's, and when I say bankrupt, there's no, there's no money in 2034. It doesn't yeah. exist. All those little statements they're emailing you is lies. Yeah. It's lies. They just stopped sending me statements a long time ago. I don't yeah. even see anything. There, it's <laughs> lies. No, but no, politicians don't even talk about that. Yeah. We, we are so disconnected from reality. Oh, I feel like there should be more money. We got to tax the one percenters. If they tax 110% of, of people who make 250000 or more, 110%. So not only do you not get to keep one dime, you're in the hole every year, 10% of your income, there's not enough money to pay for any of these programs. 
and and no, and everybody's just like, oh, smoke some more weed. I'm just like, oh my gosh. And so that's the thing at Sandals Church. The, the thing that I have to to guide is people what they think we should do with what we can afford. Mm-hmm. Look, we can only build. We did momentum. I can only build with what you gave. Mm-hmm. Well, we should. We should have, and our church should have more. And it's like crazy. Just be honest with your kids and say. And by the way, the purpose of life is not stuff. It's not trips. It's not new phones. Mm. The purpose of life, meaning comes from God and loving your family and serving your church and community. That's where meaning comes from. And we've divorced ourselves from all those things. And we wonder why we're miserable. Mm. So teach your kids to do the right thing. Teach your kids. And this is the thing is when we don't say, and this is why Jordan Peterson's uh, 12 Rules for Life is so important. And every parent should listen to every chapter in that book. Um the reason it's so important is if you don't train your children to be likable, people are going to destroy them. Mm-hmm. Like you love your kids. So you put up with their wackiness, their tantrum, their tamper, their temper tantrums. There we go. You put up <laughs> with their, their nuances. Well, I, only, yeah. I only like chicken fingers. You're 18, bro. You're 18. <laughs> oh um, man, that's the hill that we well, die on right, every but, day. Okay, but did you, <laughs> this but, is but, what you're eating. Because parents don't deal, <laughs> parents don't, don't overcome. Look, you're going to eat broccoli. Suck it up. Yep. Guess what? Now we have, we have, 20-year-olds dying of colon cancer, 20-year-olds dying of anal rectal cancer, 20-year-olds dying of stomach cancer, diabetes. We have all these children that have never been taught right from wrong, and now they're dying. What does the Ten Commandments say? Mm -hmm. Listen to me, and you will be blessed. I pray that you choose life. Well, I don't like those. Well, here's why we've thrown out the Ten Commandments, and I'm kind of stealing my thunder, because we wanted to do what we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. and now and now we have political candidates saying this is how God made me. Whoa. Yep. Well, okay, maybe you're God, but not 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 the biblical God, not the God who wrote the Bible, not the God who delivered uh, the Jews from slavery. Not that God, because that God said, "Don't act like everybody else." Mm-hmm. And so we've divorced acting. We've divorced uh, any kind of um, you should from our faith. Mm-hmm. Like the first question. I can, I can worship God in my own home. I can do it my own way. Let me tell you something. Here's what being a Christian means. I don't get to do it my way anymore. Mm-hmm. Whoever wants to follow me, that's what Jesus says. If you want to be my disciple, let him come pick up his cross. That's die to yourself daily, every mm-hmm. day, and follow me. That's the invitation. And they're like, well, I want to have a beer in my backyard. That's fine. You can have a beer in your backyard, but that's not following Jesus. That's following your desires. Mm. And where your desire leads you is not where you want to go. I love what you said, how you said it this weekend. You said the person most dangerous to my spiritual yeah. life is me, myself. I'm the most most dangerous yeah. person to to getting myself off the rails. Look, my kids, I love my kids dearly. They were not kind to each other. They, they, they were competitive with each other. They were mean. It is a full-time job, literally keeping your kids from being serial killers. It is a full-time job because they That's are fair. born, yep. right? A, two, a two-year-old, <laughs> listen to me, a two-year-old, if able, would kill you 
for a nacho. I believe it. There's moments, oh, dude. I believe if they it. were my big enough, took a bite out of my arm yeah. yesterday, so I see it. Yeah. If they were big enough to <laughs> so wield true. a knife, right? And these and these <laughs> oh, parents yeah. are like, can you imagine if your two year old like got zapped, like shazammed? Oh, man. But and they're and they're literally your size. We're all dead. Oh, yeah. And they're gonna go eat all the ice cream and be like, I don't know what happened. I just I just was raging. And you're like, your job <laughs> is so to intervene true. that child mm-hmm. and teach them. Yes. You will go to bed now. I don't want to. I don't care what you want because part of mommy, daddy's loving each other and not killing you is you go to bed, right? <laughs> because because we can only handle like so much of your terrorism. Are you, like somehow you're listening into our conversations in our houses right now. Well, <laughs> I, I meet parents all verbatim. the time. They're like, "Oh, I can't get my kid to go to sleep." I'm like, "You're a giant. Mm-hmm. You can close the <laughs> yeah. door, then they can't." Yeah. Open it. Well, not only that, but that, and that's what Jordan Peterson talks about: gently hold your kid down. Mm-hmm. Don't suffocate him. But if a two-year-old wants to get up and you don't want them to get up, like if you can't hold them down, you need to work out. <laughs> like, I, let me tell you something. Yeah. One, here's one thing I know. Me and a two-year-old getting a re- wrestling match, I'm winning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm winning. And, and, and you've got to learn to teach your kids. You will not do that. You will not do that. Like a lot of parents don't believe in spanking. I told my daughter. My daughter had a fixation with the taste of coins. Mm. She she was very oral when she was little. She loved the taste of coins. So I go up one night. She's in the bathtub. It's time for dinner. She's blue. She's totally blue. I, I'm frantic. I don't know what Whoa. to do. She's not breathing. She's not responding. I grab her. I do CPR. I I, I start doing the Heimlich, Heimlich on her. Yeah. And boom, this, uh, I, I don't know if it was a nickel. I think it was a quarter. A quarter, boom, comes out. Bing, bing, bing. Oh and I'm gosh. like, and I said, you know, right? I cuddle her. I cuddle her. I mean, it was terrifying. Yeah. Oh man! I said, if you ever put a coin in your mouth again, I said, Daddy's going to spank you. Mm-hmm. And I said, and you're never going to forget it. Do Do you understand? And a lot of parents are like, look, look, parent however you want. I don't want a dead kid. Yep. And I don't. I don't know how to get through to her. She's not afraid of the coin. And we had friends. Mm-hmm. That their son did the same thing, and they lived up in the mountains. They drove forty-five minutes to the emergency room while their son is going in and out of consciousness and choking because the quarter is adjusting. It, it can't come uh, yeah. right. Yeah. I, and I just no. said, "Oh, I said we're not no. doing that." Mm-mm. The next night, the next night, mm-hmm. I come up to her bedroom. It's time for dinner. I mm-hmm. open her bedroom door. As I open the door, she's flicking the coin up the quarter up in the air. And it comes down and it hits her top lip just as she makes eye contact with me. <laughs> so she saw yeah. just enough of me to lose focus. And I'm telling you, she remembered. I, dude, I call CPS. I don't want a dead kid. And I'm not saying you'd be abusive, but let me tell you, she, she still remembers that night. I, I told you, you are not allowed to do this. Yeah. And she told me, I like the taste. I said, I don't care what you like. Yeah. It's going to kill it all. It almost killed you last night. Mm. And and as far as I know, there was a couple more times where we had issues with her. But I just said, look, we got to make a memory tonight. Like yeah. this has to be substantial. And you have to tell your kids. And we had another problem with my other daughter running in the streets. Mm. She had a mission to die. <laughs> and I just told her, you will not run in the street. And parents are like, I can't control them. I'm like, oh, I can't. I put her on a leash. And people are like, that's cr- cruel. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? It's the definition of love. Yes. How you define it. If love is just let them do whatever they oh, want, then, then what, 
what's going to happen. Here, and here's yeah. what happens. Here's what the research shows. Your kid's going to go to school and be unliked. Mm. They're going to be miserable. They're yeah. going to get depressed and they're going to be suicidal when they're a teenager because the world doesn't put up with your kid's crap the way you do. Mm. And you know, we, you guys, we deal with it with employees at our church who love God, call themselves Christians. They come here and they are socially off. And you know mm. what it is? Nobody ever said, you shouldn't talk to people that way. Mm. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't say that. And mm. my kids have a hard time because I love my kids, but I don't want them to be idiots. I'm like, don't mm. say that. Don't do that. People are not going to respond well to that. Mm-hmm. And like when we talk to my son all the time, my wife says, you are going to live with a woman the rest of your life. You better learn how to talk to one. It's mm. good. And you won't talk to me that way. You won't do that. And I tell him, you, we, will not, we will not behave that way. That will not happen mm. because you can destroy our whole life with a reactionary tweet. Yeah. I, I'm, I yeah. think about what mm-hmm. can happen. I'm like, hey, we do not do that. Yeah. And you just, you just have to start when the kids are young and you have to put the fear of God of them. Again, that's why the Lord says, honor your father and mother. This is the first command with a promise that it may go well with you. That carries over to the New Testament. Your kids should know that they are loved, but you're also the mama bear and you're the daddy bear. And man, the world's not gonna love them and they need to learn. And that's why when you're sitting in church and your kid's screaming and being a distraction, you are teaching your kid that, that they matter more than God. Mm. And, and I see it all the time, all the time. Parents don't, don't discipline their kids. They don't take their kids out. And I would tell my kids, we go out to dinner and my kids start mouthing off, screaming, because they're kids. Mm-hmm. And I, I would tell them, I said, you listen to me. Nobody paid money in this restaurant to hear you scream. Hmm. That's good. They didn't say, hey, let's go to a restaurant so we can hear Pastor Matt's kids scream. <laughs> yeah. And my kids would say, and I would say, do you, I need to take you in the bathroom. When's the last time in a restaurant you saw a kid taken to the bathroom? It never happens. Last they time try I to, said a restaurant. They try to appease him, right? They try to appease him. <laughs> hey, let me give you all these rewards. Let me tell you something. Sometimes rewards don't work. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't. T- I remember one time we were going to Disneyland. I kept telling my son, "If you keep doing this, we're not going." If and, mm-hmm. and let me tell you something, the last thing I wanted to do was not go to Disneyland. Yeah, we we pulled over. I got in his face. I paddled his bottom. There are people in our church. They're sitting in the back of our SUV. They're like, "Oh my gosh, Pastor Matt's beating his son on the side of the road." I said, "I told you this is your last warning. We we drive one more mile. You make one more peep. We're done." He didn't make a peep. My mom spanked me at Disneyland. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. She went and bought a Mickey Mouse spoon, took us in the bathroom and whacked our bottoms. Did you get Be- to keep the spoon? I think she broke the spoon. Oh, I don't oh, know yeah. if she broke it on me or my brother. Yeah. But she was- Made a memory. <laughs> yeah. I remember, you remember it. it. You remember yeah. it. But you know what I learned is, I learned my mom is serious. Yeah. And, and that's the one thing. The, the boundary, the, the, yeah. The, here's the problem. This is how you train your kids their God. When you make an ultimatum and they win, mm. You've that's how you know who's running the show. Yeah. And let me just say this. If you don't know who's in charge of your house, ask the dog. <laughs> like my wife can yeah. say all day, we're equals. My wife can call my dog until Jesus comes. Man, yeah. if I say get, oh, boom. Yeah. She, know, she knows who the alpha male yeah. is. They, she knows who the pack leader is. Now, if, your ki- if the dog comes to the kids, you got a problem. Because the, the dog knows. The dog's like, well, I know who's in charge because every pack has a leader. Mm. Every pack has a leader. Yeah. And, and it, it doesn't have to, it, the, the pack leader is not always a male dog. Oftentimes it's a female. Mm. So she'll roll you up, chew you out. <laughs> That's good. So, so I remember we took, we had a big, uh, 
we had a big borble. So it's a South African Mastiff. And we took oh, yeah. over my friend's uh, house because we were going to, to Vietnam for a month. And I, I had this dog, 200 pounds. We let my dog out and he had three females. An old German shepherd. She, she could barely walk and couldn't see. She rolled my dog up, had him <laughs> on the ground, gonna bite his nuts off, man. And I mean, and it was settled. We know who the leader. <laughs> my dog, my, my dog's like, <laughs> he needed therapy and counseling. It's like, dude, you thought you were awesome, and I mean, literally, he had he had the power to to snap their necks with one bite. But yeah, it's like, look, we got, we got rules around we here. We know who's in charge. We know well, who's in charge. And guess <laughs> what? It ain't you. And yeah. so and so, you have to do that because one yeah. day your kids are going to be bigger, stronger, smarter, mm-hmm. and you better you better deal with it now. And um, so we actually got a question in from well, somebody. Sorry, I'm specifically with that. Yeah. That's good. So who has an adult child? So I, I would love because I'm sure there are a lot of parents who their kid is not the age anymore where they can do a lot of these yeah. things down. They may have some. Yeah, you can't spake a 20 year old. Yeah. So Karen wrote in and said, "My son is a drug addict. I started seeing signs early on when he was 13, and he's now almost 34. And I did everything I could that was within my power to stop it from happening, including a lot of prayer and reaching out for help with him. I'm always struggling with realizing all the things I could and should have done differently in hindsight. Once he became an adult, I had to really start working on letting go and it's a rough process. I don't enable or support him in any way, but my heart breaks. I try not to worry, but worry bubbles up when I least expect it. How do I stop worrying so much and truly trust God with my kids? Mm. Yeah, so I, I think the first thing is it's hard, it's difficult. The, the first thing that we tell parents is this is not your fault, which I don't think is helpful. What you need to say is what, what was my fault? Mm-hmm. It's not all your fault, but we, we've all made mistakes. I tell my kids all the time, the first, first year of counseling is on me because right. I've made mistakes. I, I did things that were wrong. We were just talking before the show about the movies. I made my kids watch Lord of the Rings. My kids had Gollum nightmares for like a month. Like that was a low moment in parenting. I was mm-hmm. just like, you know, kids don't need to be worried about, you know, my precious, you know, yeah. that's just so stupid. Uh, Cause that's terrifying to yeah. a little kid. And I, and I, I literally readily repent from that, say that was wrong. Um, there were times where I probably disciplined in anger when I should, I, I know there were times where I should have been a better listener and I'm sorry for that. And I repent from that. And I use that language to my kids all the time. Hey, I'm going to repent from that. I'm sorry. I confess that to you and to God and whatever mm-hmm. we got to do to make that right. Now, when they're wrong, I don't move. Look, man, you can feel whatever you want, but that's that's mm-hmm. on you. So the thing is, what I would encourage you to do is go to counseling and really work with a counselor that can help you own your part. Mm. So we got we got to get, you know, I'm sure you've made mistakes along the way, and I think every parent with a kid that struggled with drugs, depression, suicide, you're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You just don't see it. You don't want to see it. Um, you love them to death. You you make excuses for them. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of things that we do. I mean, there's a reason when. You know, couples go to counseling and one's an alcoholic, usually one's codependent. They've made excuses their whole life for their spouse and they don't hold them accountable. And I've seen this even with like pastors, you know, their wives make excuses for them and and they're socially off and they say rude things and terrible things. And then they wonder why their church doesn't grow or God doesn't bless them. It's like, cause you're a jerk Mm. and, and you can make excuses all day long, but look, you're not good with people Mm. and, and you need to own that. So what I would say is, Ask God for the strength to own your part. If it's 10%, ask God for the strength to own your part. And a lot of your friends are gonna disagree with me. I love you, your friends are wrong. No parent is perfect. They're just not. So what, what is your part? And then after you've owned your part, then you can really start to pray with a clear conscience for your son to own their part. Um, here's the bad news. 
percent of addicts recover and are um, sober for the rest of their life. Twenty to twenty-five percent. Mm. It's not very high. No. Yeah. It's not. Uh, it doesn't mean we shouldn't try. It just means look, we're we're up against the devil. The word for witchcraft in the New Testament is the English where we get our English word pharmacy. It's pharmakia. Yeah. So. Uh, drugs destroy our minds, destroy our hearts. And and let me just, I was actually talking to uh, one of our staff members that's a recovering drug addict. And he just told me, he said, Matt, every day I want to use. Mm-hmm. Every day I have to choose. I have to choose Jesus every day. That's his cross. Mm-hmm. Some people, right? They get healed, never dealt with it again, walked away from it. Some of us, we walk with a limp for the rest of our life after we've, we've wrestled with God and we've asked him to deliver us from something. And... You know, we have a, a pastor on staff who was an addict for most of his adult life, uh, starting with um, w- in high school. And what he says is the only way people change is when the pain to stay the same is greater than the pain to change. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. pain, especially for drug addicts, is the powerful motivator. They're hurting, they're depressed. They're So they are literally a slave to their feelings. So this hurts, so I'm going to numb it. This 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 doesn't feel right, so I'm going to... And that's what happens to a lot, a lot of drug addicts. I've, I can't tell you how many times I've seen somebody go to prison or go through um, Teen Challenge and be clean for a year, two years, three years, and they, they get in a relationship mm-hmm. and they get in a fight and they use. Why? That hurts. Mm-hmm. And so they go back to their numbing agent. Um, they try to get a job and they don't get a job and they go back and they use. And so you just have to understand that drugs are a crutch and, and, and you use them for that, just like porn is, um, just like playing is, vacations can be, we run to those things, but they've got to get to the place where, okay, I can't be this anymore. And here's the other thing is, don't minimize the power of being born again in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, the Holy Spirit has to work very little with me on behavior anymore. The Holy Spirit smokes me with my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like the Holy Spirit is all over me before I get to an action and it's and it's with behavior. I mean, it's with, it's with attitudes before the behavior. It used to be behavior. Now it's attitudes and I sniff that sin out and the Holy Spirit's on me and he's like, you know where that leads. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to go there. Which is why Jesus says, you've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. I say to you, any man who looks at a woman with lust in his heart has committed adultery. He's saying, man, the Holy Spirit's going to go right to the root of that. Right. And that's where I think we can go. So what I would say is the scariest thing, we, we had a um, a good friend of ours, their son's a drug addict. He's been a drug addict for years and years, and he went to prison, and the mom was really upset. And I said, that's the best place for him. Mm-hmm. That's the best place for him. And I know you're sad, and I know you want to spend lots of money to get him out of jail. He's going to get clean. So, you know, he got out, went back, and it's just it's just really, really sad. And so I don't know if this is the person that's that's writing in. But the thing is, it's like if, if a loved one has cancer, at some point, right, you have to deal with that reality. Mm-hmm. And denying it is not gonna make it any better. And 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 if you can get to the place where you just trust that God loves them more than you do, and unfortunately, man, some addicts die. And that's the end. And just pray mm-hmm. that God does everything he can to intervene on their behalf. And just know that God loves your child. It's a son, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loves your son, sent his son to die on the cross. Know that your father in heaven knows what it means to lose a son. Mm. 
Yeah. And in relationships like that and being honest and real before God in that is there's a lot of these questions that deal with this. Jordan wrote in, in in the same way and says, I have a friend I'm concerned about in regards to his faith. We grew up together since infancy and we were all now well into our 20s. Growing up, his dad was Jewish and mom was Christian. My friend said he his, was, his, my friend was Jewish through his bloodline, but I never saw him as a practicing Jew. When we were in high school, I invited him to come to church where I previously attended uh, becoming, and came to Sandals. He came and soon he decided to give his life to Christ. However, once we were in college, I watched him throw his life away at frat parties, drinking, and who knows what he walked away from his faith. I've asked him several times why uh, he would walk away. He always says, it just wasn't for me anymore. I, w- I felt hurt by that, but also had a hard time trying to defend why he shouldn't leave. The last few years, I've been wanting uh, to have the conversation to encourage him to come back, to be salt and light in his life, as well as show him God has worked through my life and now in my son and in my family and his dad, who is now a believer. How can I go about this conversation with my friend? I love him like family and I just want to see the best for him. Yeah, I think you have one more conversation and then you let it go. And you mm. tell him, you say, bud, I love you. This is my, this is the last conversation. Mm. Because part of the problem is I think the Holy Spirit's clearly given you an evangelistic passion. Yeah. And when we focus our lives on the 18% of people who have no desire to go to church, no desire to repent. So here's the challenge. You know, Hebrews chapter six through 10 talks about people like your friend. They tasted of the Holy Spirit. They participate in the kingdom of God. And what Paul says is there is now no sacrifice for them. Mm -hmm. And so what he's saying is when people see everything we have to offer and they walk away, you got to move on. Mm -hmm. And that's hard. And we don't want to do it because here's the truth. We love our friends and family more than we love Jesus. Mm. Jesus said, you, you must leave mother and father for my sake. We share the gospel. We pray. We're good people. We're not cult. We're not cultish like the Jehovah Witness that cuts people off. It means that we move on with our evangelistic desires, our prayer and our service mm. for people who want God. Just know you're not going to be held accountable for the people who didn't want God that you tried to talk to. You are going to be held accountable on judgment day for the people who are praying right now. Every single one of us, think about these 82%. Mm. Every single one of us has a friend, a family member, a neighbor, a coworker that's crying out to God right now and saying, God, if you're real. Mm-hmm. If you're real, reach me. And we're saying no, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for my family member. I'm gonna pray for my spouse. I'm gonna pray for my kid. That's my first ministry. And they've said, no, 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 mm-hmm. no. And here's the thing about God. He lets you choose. Mm-hmm. And we just have to understand that. We, we just have to understand that. And it's not that God doesn't love those people. It's that he's called you to reach people who are saying, I wanna be saved. I want to know church. I want to give my life to Christ. I need meaning. We got to find those people. That's that's who we're called to reach. That's who we're going to be held accountable. And we have to know that. And so many of us are so wrapped up in ourselves. We're not listening to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's going to say, that guy, that guy right there, you need to talk to this person. Um, I, I, it's been too long since I've led somebody to Christ, but the last guy I led to Christ, I met at the gym. We were working out. I said, hey, can we have coffee? We met for coffee and I said, you don't have a relationship with God, do you? Nope. 
do you want one? Yeah, I think I do. Mm. And we just walked right through the gospel. And now I see him every week at church and mm. his life's been transformed. His whole family's here. That's and that awesome. simply mm-hmm. came out. That's that was so LA cool. Fitness. Yeah. LA Fitness, man. Can we have coffee? Yeah, I'd love to. And so that's the first thing is, are they interested in a relationship with you? And then there's, I got this Jewish guy that's just obstinate. He's foul mouthed. He's rough all the time. I'm not inviting him. Man, he is, he just wants to argue. He just wants to argue. Uh, there's another Muslim guy at the gym. You know, he wants to wave the Quran in my face all the time. And he wants to argue and debate. Mm. And it's like, brother, why would I waste my time mm. on you when there's somebody in here who knows they need God? Mm. And if they're Muslim, great. If they're Hindu, great. I want to reach those people. I only have so much time. You can choose. Like if you look out and there's a hundred people drowning and only two people are saying, help me, who do you try to save? We're all so dumb. We're going to go help the people that don't want help. And it's like, look, there's two people over here with their hands up. Me, me. Hmm. And um, again, I would just say you're, you're going to be held accountable for God. Yeah, you got to love your family. You got to love your husband. You got to love your wife. But man, there's no greater joy than being a part of somebody coming to Christ. That's there's so nothing yeah. like that in the world. And... um and people got to choose. I just I just had a meeting with a young man in our church. I've known him his whole life. He's tw- almost 20 years old. And I just thought, I said, now's the time where you're going to choose. Mm. You're going to choose. And I love you no matter what, but you're going to choose. You're going to choose God or you're going to choose yourself. Mm. And I'm going to let you choose. Yeah. You, you can't force people to be saved. And it doesn't work. It does not work. You know, God has not called us to conquer. That's not how our faith was spread. Our, our faith was spread through serving and loving people and sharing the gospel. Yeah. The gospel, you got to get to the gospel. So I know that's tough, guys. And every time I say that, I always get emails and letters and because somebody's got some example somewhere. Yeah. And it's just like, look, just because you got an example doesn't mean I'm wrong. It means you have an example. But you need to know on Judgment Day, if God has put 10, 20 people in your life who are begging mm. to know him and you've said nothing, listen to me. That's what God's going to talk about. Mm. You've been told to reach people for Christ. And and I know it's scary, but share the debrief. Share Sandal's messages. Mm. Share a quote on your social media. Here's something that touched me at church today. Mm -hmm. Like one of the things I always look every week on Instagram is to see if Sandal's church is mentioned. We've got a church of 12,000 people, almost never. Mm. Nobody thinks this needs to be posted. You're going to show me the cupcake and the steak you're going to eat on your Instagram, but you're not going to share what God spoke to you. Yeah. I, I Think about Judgment Day. So, Jono, uh, let's look at um, your Instagram here. So you really like flowers. Wow, there's a super bloom. That's that's great. But the Holy <laughs> Spirit spoke to you. God's, I, God spoke yeah. to you and changed your life, but but it, did, it didn't it make, anyway. I didn't yeah. see that today. Mm. God's, God spoke to you. Mm. We don't even... We don't, we don't even, sh- it's not that we don't share, it's that we hide our faith mm, and we hide what God is doing. Yeah. Think about if you just started posting, I'm gonna challenge all of our listeners, you just posted one thing a week that God speaks to you mm. on social media and you don't, not, not that you're all going to hell. That's not what I want you to share, but man, God said this to me. Mm. Post that because people need to hear that God is speaking and he is speaking mm. every single week. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's powerful. And, and you guys are missing out on being mm-hmm. a part of that. So 
Wow. I felt like that was a little harsh. No, that's good. And it's a good way to land the plane here. Just reminding, hey, we got such an easy tee up opportunity to to be able to invite people to things. We have with Good Friday and Easter coming up. I mean, even shoot this weekend, um, being able to watch it online or come to one of our campuses. There's so many different ways. And if you're nervous about even trying to figure out something to post, if you go to samuelschurch.com slash Easter, we've got little invite graphics for every single campus. So pick your campus. There's a little invite graphic that says, hey, come join me for Easter at Samuel's Church. We did the work for you. We'd love to help you invite some people get the word out so yeah awesome. absolutely yeah. sweet well thank you guys so much for your questions thanks for honest answers that was great yeah great discussion yeah and hopefully they help i think so <laughs> yeah awesome. i think john got saved i think i did i think it's yeah. that was my turn yeah, yeah. congratulations right. welcome. love you guys awesome. have a great week praying for you